We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you ready for rapid fire? Let's do it. That was a, a meaty first section. It was. By the way, DK says Lions <laughs> overachiever, Cowboys underachiever. That's fine. Mm. I don't disagree. Depends on whose expectations that you're looking at <laughs> as well. <laughs> who's holding the expectation compass? Yeah. Big Licks burner. What time do the Cowboys play in the 11th? Oh, wait. Never mind. All Big right. lick. Just make sure and ask that to all the other 30 teams. That's not just a Cowboys problem. I just want it noted that for people who say we talk about that certain team too much, they only got mentioned because other people have brought them up. I even I had a reference and I held off. I held off. Yeah. That topic I am avoiding as much as possible. Big lick. As we start rapid fire, we just got done talking about overachievers and underachievers. Let's just go with his question before we get to some of this other stuff. Would you say Al Golden overachieved this year? A hundred percent, especially if you ask this specific group of people, because I think there was a lot of people who at the beginning of the season would have told you Al Golden was on the hot seat for whatever reason. And that, you know, his performance didn't live up to expectations the season before. Um, and yeah, like it, they were a top 10 in a lot of defensive categories. I could go through the list of them. Um, and, and I think as a composite, they were a top 10 defense. And so, yeah, they, they mightily overachieved this season. See, I'm not going to go. Noel, you're saying the defense mightily overachieved. Sorry, Al Golden. I've, I've said all along that the defense was actually better than Al Golden was given credit for. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Year one that they just needed to obviously improve in some specific areas. So did he overachieve again? Like if you're talking about overall, especially fan expectation, okay, I can get with that. He overachieved based on that. But I still think that the defense again was much better in year one than he was given credit for just needed to do that, you know, like better in the red zone, better in some third down stuff, those kind of things. And he obviously, flipped all the numbers and turned it into an elite defense. But I do, you know, think that there is something to be said for all those guys having a second year in the system. So report out today. And I believe blue and gold was the one that had it out 
uh, you know, the 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 report out there about Riley Leonard having ankle surgery. Jesse, I don't know how closely you follow this. I know this was on our boards at least a week ago. This is not something that like we just found out about today. Maybe somebody else did, and I'm not taking shots at other outlets. This is something that we knew about at least a week ago because I, 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 you know, I know that it was out there. He had the, um, tightrope. what do you call it? The tightrope surgery on his ankle. And what the tightrope is, it's a procedure where you drill holes in the, the bones of your leg and they put this kind of high strength, you know, suture in there and it stabilizes the ankle joint. We obviously all know that he had that high ankle sprain. It is a procedure that helps with high ankle sprains. There are others who have had it. And, uh, you know, he's been on, the reason we knew about it is because, you know, he was seen when classes started a couple of weeks ago with, you know, on crutches, you know, on, on campus. So it's not like we didn't know about this. It's been out there. And, you know, so the big thing now is how quickly is the recovery process going to be? You know, especially when you get up against spring practice, it is still it is almost February now. So we're within a month or so probably of spring practice getting started. So how much of spring practice is he going to be able to do? What's he going to be able to do during spring practice and that kind of thing? So, yeah, type rope surgery is literally just like what it sounds like that you, you tighten that, you know, elasticity uh between the ankle it's like if you imagine a rubber band that you've stretched all the way out and it no longer is allowed to go back that's it you know the ankle was kind of stretched out and now they're just tightening it back up so not overly huge yep as we are not a good point we are not marshall brock bowers down at georgia had it during the season and returned by the end of the season and he's down there at the Reese's senior bowl i believe as well wasn't he down there or was it the East West Shrine? He was at one of those. Um, where the good players you know, go. Yeah, that's right. Where the good players go. So, you know, again, it, you know, we had it on our boards. We had something about it on our boards a while back. It, it's funny because just today, uh, one of the blogs aggregated something that Brian put on the boards. And, uh, you know, that is a no no. You love it when guys who pay for a subscription to the boards grab it. And, uh, you know, publish it on some blog outside of Irish Breakdown. Big no-no. Big no-no. Like, come on, man. What are you doing here? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. ABCDEF, he was asking about this earlier. What's this BS about Michigan wanting Chad Bowden. So apparently Michigan has thrown a big offer, you know, Sharon Moore, the new head coach up there, Michigan wants, you know, one thing that Jim Harbaugh was not necessarily doing was killing it with recruiting. It's not that he had horrible recruiting classes, but Michigan wants to up his, their recruiting. And apparently they have made a big time offer for Chad Bowden. Notre Dame's uh, recruiting coordinator. So it is now incumbent upon Notre Dame to step up and keep Chad Bowden down here at Notre Dame and not let him go up there up north to Ann Arbor because he has been such a huge part of the, you know, renewed recruiting efforts that Marcus Freeman has been able to pull off. You know, like you talk about like all these different, you know, things that, that Notre Dame is doing from, you know, like playing video games, you know, with the recruits to the leprechaun outfits and all these different things that are going on. Chad Bowden is, you know, right in the center of all that stuff. And he's a huge part. And so you can't let him walk up North to Michigan. You gotta, you gotta pony up and you gotta keep him here at Notre Dame. What do you think, Jess? Yeah, I think that's what it ultimately comes down to is the, the, the money. I think that he wants to stay at Notre Dame. It's just a matter of if Notre Dame is going to put together a you know, respectable offer to kind of essentially match what Michigan has done. But like you said, he's very important and crucial into what Marcus Freeman has done in terms of his recruiting classes since being a head coach at Notre Dame. Obviously, Notre Dame has gotten, you know, they've upped themselves uh, as a recruiting, you know, powerhouse. And I think if you want to continue to be, you know, in that upper echelon in terms of recruiting, you have to keep someone like, Chad Bowden around. If I'm not mistaken, um, he is a Cincinnati guy that came with Marcus Freeman. So this is, you know, his his loyalties remain to, to Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame. But it's just like hope. if you if you don't offer the money, you know, it's it's it, the, it doesn't really matter. Right. Like, I think his preference is to stay at Notre Dame is what I'm getting at. It's just a matter of if Notre Dame is going to do what's necessary to keep him here. Well, and, you know, Notre Dame is. I don't know how publicly they've talked about it, but there's, you know, at least kind of behind the scenes talk about, you know, like they're trying to set Marcus Freeman up, you know, for big success this year in year three. And while, you know, like Bowden walking right now is not necessarily going to impact the on-field results in year three, but it's going to impact what happens in the future. You've got to, you've got to keep, you've got to keep bringing in the big, recruits you know and i think that they've got a chance to to continue to put together some special classes if they're able to keep him i'm fighting off a sneeze here (laughs) 
Those are my uh, favorite when I was in class in college, when, when you get the, the coughing or sneeze attacks and it's just like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to excuse myself out of this classroom of a hundred people. Yeah, Joe, this is a, uh, this is actually a good point. Joe, Joe says, Oh, donors show him the money. I think that, uh, I think that this is a position maybe that, uh, is in need of some endowment. <laughs> what do you think? You know, like we've got these other coaching positions. <laughs> yeah that are endowed get this endowed show him the love show him the money get it done all right speaking of which who are the expectations higher for in 2024 sharon moore in his first season at michigan or marcus freeman in year three at notre dame it's got to be marcus freeman in year three at notre dame uh, michigan is coming off a national championship their head coach just left there's going to be obvious you know, regression or letdown just because unless you win it again next season, it's it's going to be regression, right? I think in turn, if you're Notre Dame, you're going to be in that first year of the expanded playoffs. That is going to open you, you know, open the window to let Marcus Freeman into his first college football playoff berth, which should be the expectation this season in combination of, you know, what's returning on defense, what they've added on offense and the schedule, at least on paper for next season and the relative, you know, easiness, I guess you could say for it. And so, yeah, I, I just think it's time for Marcus Freeman to take the next step into the college football playoff realm. Stymie says Freeman, especially with the schedule and Tebow at quarterback. I like that. <laughs> quarterback. I think that I think that Riley Leonard is a little bit better passer than Tim Tebow, but at, at least a little bit better passer. But I, I agree. I think it's Freeman as well, because this is year three and he's had two years to kind of work out some of the kinks as he's adapted to becoming a head coach. And, uh, you know, like the free passes are used up at this point. And as you said, between the schedule, the kind of transfers they got coming in a legitimate championship defense that we just talked about already, you know, that, they, that they've got coming back with all these different things. I mean, it is on, it is, it is college playoff or bust for Marcus Freeman in year three. Sharon Moore, you know, I'll be, I don't know exactly what the leeway is going to be. You know, there's, you know, like you're definitely at Michigan, you know, riding the wave of that national championship and you're the favorite son. You know, he got a lot of love, you know, for filling in for those four games for a lot of Jim tears. Harbaugh. Yeah. And, and, you know, all that different stuff. So I think that, you know, he gets a little, I won't say free pass, but he gets a little leeway. You know, he's going to have a new quarterback next year and some other key departures and everything. But, you know, like when it comes right down to it, I, I think at the very least, he's got to beat Ohio State next year. Don't you? You know, like, uh, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know that Michigan, my, my point is, I don't know that Michigan's fans' expectations are going to drop that far, but I definitely think that there's more on Marcus Freeman in his third year than there is on Sharon Moore in year one. Definitely agree. And I, I think that uh, Michigan has a much tougher schedule next season as well. Uh, so that's also going to play into it. But yeah, Sharon Moore, um, I just don't think there's a lot he can do outside of going like six and six next season or, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I, I think like, like, again, it's just going to take a lot for him to be seen as, you know, kind of an underachiever next season. Circling back a little bit to the chat, Bowden Anthony says that he is Marcus's Vinny Serrato. That's a good, great comparison. Vinny 
the linchpin guy, you know, director, I don't know if it was called director of recruiting or what exactly it was called when Lou Holtz was, was the head coach 30 some years ago at this point. But, you know, like, uh, like early two thousands, everyone was taught, you know, you would hear, you know, like, why can't, you know, can, can they bring Vinny Serrato back? He was with the, the Washington Redskins for a long time. And, you know, like, why can't they find another Vinny Serrato kind of guy? Chad Bowden is like, you know, maybe even, you know, maybe even, a, I won't say a step up at this point, because obviously, you know, those Lou Holtz teams in, in, in their peak won a national championship, should have won another national championship. And we're always in that conversation. And they obviously had, you know, high end elite talent back then. But, uh, you know, like Bowden is, is at the very least the next best thing to Vinny Serrato that Notre Dame has had since then. And, and Andy Saylor asks any idea the amount of the offer. We don't have any specifics on that, but like based on kind of some of the things that I have heard, I, I, you know, I would say it's probably somewhere in the ballpark of double what he is getting here, you know, at least double what he is getting here right now. It sounds like they really, really want him up there at Michigan. So you got to pay him. You got to pay. Cause again, like there was Vinny Serrato and then you went about 30 years before you got a guy like Chad Bowden and, you know, has been able to do, make that same kind of impact with recruiting. So those guys obviously don't come around very often. And, you know, he is in lockstep with what the head coach wants and, and they're doing great things together. You can't let him walk, especially to a place like Michigan. You can't let a guy leave Notre Dame to go to Michigan and try to try to, you know, basically establish the same kind of thing up there. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they step up and keep him here. So Notre Dame football released some number changes for a few veterans and numbers for incoming guys today. Jeremiah Love's going to switch from 12 to 4 on the offense. Jaden Osbury is also going to switch to number 4. He had number 23 last year. And Jordan Faison is going to go from 80 to number 5. So which of the switches do you like the best? I'm going to have to go with Jordan Faison just because 5 is my personal favorite number. Um, and I think it looks good on a slot wide receiver like himself. And so I'm excited to see that. And I think uh, next would be Jeremiah Love going from 12 to 4. I think that's a pretty cool number as well. But got to go with Faison. Yeah, I like uh, I like Faison going. I, I kind of liked, you know, the little slot receiver wearing a bigger number like 80. But I, I, I like I like the uh, I like the move to five as well. Jeremiah Love, like 12 is a quarterback number, so I like him going to number four as well. But I agree. I think overall, Faison, Faison is the move going from 80 to number five. Early enrollee C.J. Carr is going to wear number 12, not his high school number, number 13, because Duke transfer Riley Leonard is getting that. I don't think there's any surprise there. Vince and I talked about that. Uh, I don't think there's any surprise there at all like that uh that Riley Leonard the veteran yeah get, you know gets the number rather than the incoming freshman maybe maybe when Riley Leonard's gone you know he ends up with it as well did you see the uh the screenshot that Drew Tranquil 
tweeted his uh, old text exchange from Andy Reid. I did see that. He, he signed with the Chiefs last offseason. Reid told Tranquil, if you need to talk, my phone is on ring. Till then, see red and think Super Bowl. What do you think about that? I I think that Andy Reid is an extremely confident man. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it just seems like he just, it just seems like the guy at this point is in the last five years hasn't made you're not probably not even five like you're going on you know maybe ten years now eight seven eight years it all started when you know they transitioned out of Alex Smith into Patrick Mahomes and it just feels like ever since then he's continuously made the right decision and I think you know having Spagnola and the, his trust in Spagnola to put together that defense this season is ultimately as what – it's just a different formula this year. They have – obviously, Patrick Mahomes is tremendous. Um, Travis Kelsey has been tremendous, but they've had their fair share of struggles offensively. But the consistent rock this season has been the defense. And in the past, it was kind of like the offense was just going to go out there and hopefully put up enough points, and the defense would hopefully you know stop yeah. someone here or there. And, and now it's just – it's completely different. And I saw something today that – you know, that the, the, the two most successful offenses of recent were whatever the year the Patriots went undefeated and this year's um, Ravens. And the guy to take down both of those offenses was Spagnola because he was the defensive coordinator for the Giants the year that they beat the Patriots, you know, and eventually went on, go on to win the Super Bowl. So I just, it, it's just kind of crazy to see you know, how that def how far that defense has become. And now it's what, like I said, it, it, it is what is winning them games and not, not the offense. Like we're used yeah, I to. think it's, I think it's pretty underrated actually, because they've had to win some lower scoring games this season than they're used to scoring. And I mean, the fact that the chiefs are even in the super bowl, like everyone wants to talk about Patrick Mahomes mostly, but I, I, I think you're right. The, the defense played a huge part in it. There, there were games this year where the chiefs, there were like multiple games this year. It might have even been like at least four straight or something like that. Where the Raiders, the Broncos they didn't lost score this. in the second half and they yeah. still won, you know? And like look at last week's game against the Ravens. They didn't score in the second half and they still won because of the defense. And Drew Tranquil's been a huge part of it. You know, like he he has been a really I would say him and Chris Jones were the defensive MVPs against the Ravens. Mm -hmm. And just to give another Notre Dame player some love, outside of Kyle Hamilton giving up that first touchdown to Travis Kelsey, I thought that guy was tremendous. I mean, he just yeah. he, he fills the run, he covers the pass, he he you know he blitzes the quarterback, he does it all. And it was just I, I it was great to see two Notre Dame players, Drew Tranquil and Kyle Hamilton, respectively, be the best players on their defenses this past weekend. Yep. Michael Penick says Alabama's going to win a national championship in Kalen DeBoer's first three years. Do you buy or sell it? This one was a tough one for me because, you know, you start looking at the track record of Kalen DeBoer and his time at Washington, right? Because I believe his first season at Washington was 2021, right? So he spent three seasons at Washington and so what I, I would, I guess what Pinnock's logical argument would be is he had three seasons at Washington and his third season, he just fell short to Michigan in the national championship. Now he's going to Alabama 
And I, you know, I, again, I, I, what I would guess he was trying to say is he's going to have even better talent at Alabama now. So why shouldn't he win it in three years? But what Michael Penix is <laughs> discounting in this equation is himself. There's not, there is no Michael Penix at the University of Alabama at the moment. Not and currently, I, yeah. And I think that's the biggest part of this Kalen DeBoer equation is you got to have an elite quarterback, and that's what's going to win you national championships um, these days is elite quarterback play. Um, and right now, I don't think Alabama has their dude yet. And 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 so I'm going to have to sell it on that alone. It's hard to strike gold with elite quarterbacks at the college level. And so I'm going to sell this. Yeah, I sell it as well. And, you know, a couple of different things. One, Nick Saban is gone. You know, like like half of, not half the roster, but I think they lost at least 25 guys to the portal. You know, DeBoer is a good coach. He showed that at Washington. You know, maybe he's able to pull somebody out of the portal. But let's not forget, he was able to get Michael Penix because of the connection that they had all the way back to Indiana, you know, when he got him to, to transfer, you know, from Indiana up there to Washington when DeBoer got the job. So that played a huge part in that. I, I don't think that there's necessarily anyone like that that he had at Washington that he's going to be able to pull down there. And I, I've talked about this before. Before Nick Saban showed up, there was a long stretch of time where they had real success. 17 years between Alabama National Championships and more 500 to sub 500 seasons, you know, than even winning records with a lot of pretty good, at least pretty good head coaches down there. So I don't think it's a lock at all. And then you add the layer of, you know, somebody mentioned the fact that, you know, Andy Saylor talking about Georgia, you know, Georgia is ahead of where Alabama is right now. And they didn't just lose half their team to the transfer portal. And you're having extra rounds in the college football playoff that you got to win as well with with a you know a guy who had a lightning in a bottle type season at Washington with a lightning in a bottle type quarterback as you mentioned so I'm selling this as well I I I don't think that it's you know like could they you know I don't even think it's a lock that they're necessarily in the playoffs every year because you know they've got a lot of questions to answer before they even get there I don't think it's like you can just say Alabama's Alabama you can plug in whatever coach he's got a lot to prove to get them there so Dan Patrick says Patrick Mahomes is now in the I'd never bet against Patrick Mahomes phase of his career. Do you buy or sell that? Um, you know what? I'm going to buy this because Patrick Mahomes is 14 and 3 in playoff games. He has now put together a full regular season of just playoff games, 17 games, and he is 14 and 3 in those games. And if you compile his stats, total passing yards, touchdowns, interceptions, and that ratio, only one player has done better than that. And it's been Patrick Mahomes in his own regular season. So what I'm getting at is no one is playing like Patrick Mahomes is playing even better. And the guy doesn't turn the ball over in the playoffs. Right. He's playing even better in the playoffs with a 14 and three record in his career. No, like I, I am not going to bet against him. And he is the reason why I want a fair share of some bets over the weekend because I was eating up that Chiefs underdogs money line all weekend. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't think you can bet against him. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are ending for life, says Mahomes lost to the Raiders. Well, he's also I think, in the Super I think Bowl, once though. you hit the playoffs, though, it's different. Like, I don't right. think you bet against Mahomes in the playoffs. That's the only two guys he's lost to in the playoffs are Joe Burrow and, and Brady. Tom Brady. <laughs> and one and of them was in overtime. The championship. Like, what you know, they had to win a different way this year. They only got one home playoff game this year. Like, this is the first time they had ever had to play away from Arrowhead Stadium. They went on the road. They beat Josh Allen and Buffalo. Everybody's darling, Josh Allen and Buffalo. You know, like <laughs> they got to host that game and they still couldn't beat Patrick Mahomes. And then they go to Baltimore with everything that was supposed to be against them with the with the number one seed. And they win again. Like it is. To me, it's kind of hard to sit. If he wins this Super Bowl, I would definitely, you know, kind of call this, a, a, you know, a big buy, a big lock. <clears throat> you know, because remember, they did have to come from behind to win that Super Bowl against the 49ers the first time. But, you know, again, like that's why you don't bet against him, I guess, because when it counts, he's out there making plays. So they've had to win a completely different way this time. And, the guy is, if he's done with his career right now, he's already in the Hall of Fame. So. Yeah, it's insane. He's he played the he played the best defense he's going to play last week. Like the 49ers defense is not going to be as good as the Ravens. They've actually been really bad as of recent. And and just I you know I I can't let that Josh Allen comment slip through the crack. I just <laughs> don't quite understand why Josh Allen gets to be the quarterback that always gets the excuse in the NFL. I I just is it because he's playing Mahomes. Is that it? Is Mahomes so great that we just give Josh Allen an excuse now? It's just I feel like anytime there's Josh Allen shortcomings compared to other quarterbacks, it's, oh, well, this or that. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of tired of it. Yeah. We are uh, in deep for life. Can he beat Mr. Irrelevant, though? We'll see. I wouldn't bet against him. <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole question, right? <laughs> Your buddy Brent would tell you, oh, no, man. he can't. He was in here yesterday. I don't know if maybe like Tuesdays are his conflict. He always he I likes hope. to come in on Mondays chiming in, but you're not here most of the time. Ah, so. I'm so glad. So after Sunday's NFC Championship game lost to the 49ers, Lions head coach Dan Campbell said, this may have been our only shot. Some people have taken exception to the remark. What do you think about it? You know, when I first kind of heard it, I kind of was like, huh? But then 
it made sense the more that I thought about it. I just I think what he was trying to convey is as a fan base, you know, with this success this season, your expectation can't be just be, you know, the same, if not more for next season. And ultimately what he's getting getting at is is, yeah, he's he's a realist in the fact that, you know, it takes a lot to get to the point of what they were, where they were. A lot of things have to come together. A lot of things have to, you know, a lot of guys have to stay healthy. I don't think he's saying that the goal isn't, you know, to get back there. I think he's just trying to say, like, you know, you only get one shot sometimes. Nothing is never guaranteed again, right? Like there is a there is an option that in this thing where the Lions never get back there again, or they have to wait 30 more years again, right? And so I just think that that's what he was trying to get at. Yeah. Um you know, I get like what Indy Saylor is saying. A coach should never say that. But look, I think the like look at TCU. We talked about TCU last year. TCU was in the national championship game a year ago. They were five and seven this year. Now the odds of the Lions falling that far off are remote. But look at last year's Eagles team in the Super Bowl, and look at where they ended up get, getting bounced out by the Buccaneers in the first round of the playoffs this year. I think, you know, he's looking at it realistically like there are no guarantees. You have to, you know, like you have to work like hell just to get to that point. And then to get there again and go even farther, you have to you have to work even harder. You know, I, I think that that's that's the biggest thing that he's saying is just there 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 are no guarantees that you're going to get to this point again. How many teams? Because, you know, again, like look at the Eagles as an example, as good as the Eagles were, they almost won a Super Bowl and they were, you know, a, a lot of people's pick to get back there again. But they like the NFL, it's tough, man, winning week in and week out. And to get, you know, just to get back to that point, there are very few teams, you know, very there, there's a reason why so few losing teams get back to the Super Bowl the next year. I think like Brady's Patriots are the only team in something like the last 20 years or something like that to lose a Super Bowl and then come back and, you know, get to the Super Bowl the next year. It's tough. Tough to yeah. repeat. Tough to continue success. I think that's his biggest point. Fill in the blank. An Associated Press writer tweeted this. With the 49ers and Chiefs having no Alabama players on active roster – a remarkable streak will continue. No player who finished college at Alabama has scored a point in a Super Bowl. Players from 143 other colleges, from the Coast Guard to Miami, have scored in Super Bowl. And it's blank, Jesse, that Alabama fans are triggered because quarterbacks like Bart Starr and Ken Stabler throwing touchdown passes, they think it should count toward what this guy was tweeting about. It is complete and utterness stupidity that Alabama fans think that players like this should count. And I'll keep this one simple. The answer is simple. All the other teams are not counting their quarterbacks either. And right. so if, if, if everyone is not counting it, then what does it matter? Right? Because then it's still, that's the common denominator in this whole thing is that quarterbacks don't count. And so if, if it's, if it's not counted for everyone, then it shouldn't count for Alabama. And so I just think it's quite remarkable that the, the a program of the national championships, 
the you know the 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 players that they you know put they into the NFL the touchdowns. That's what right. it comes down to. They're not yes, a running back come. or a That's wide not- receiver. Right. That's not what his tweet was about. They didn't literally score the touchdown. Yeah, they threw touchdowns, and I but think they didn't literally score it. And that's that's a crazy stat. Just because all the Alabama players are so good and they just get drafted so high that they right. go to these bad teams that never make the Super Bowl. Maybe that it has to be the the, the theory. It's got to have something to do with it, I think. But like even I think Sean Alexander when the Seahawks went to the Super Bowl the first time was was the running back then you know he you know he was in the Super Bowl didn't score a <laughs> touchdown man salty you're cutting deep man with this I saw that look how hard it is to have a good IB sports talk show the night after a good this one. is in man, reference to just... the and there's you know there's there, we're not guaranteed to get back to this point right uh and then of course our old friend DK why did Dallas fans hate Josh? Allen so much. I will tell you from my personal why I don't care that much. It's not like I hate Josh Allen. All anyone talked about, I'm use I'll use this as an example. Does Dak Prescott, you know, have his liabilities? Yes, Dak Prescott has his liabilities. All anyone wanted to talk about last offseason was the fact that Dak Prescott led the NFL with interceptions, right? Well, Josh Allen, every, you know, from, from what, what is it? Six years, five years he's been in the NFL. Yeah. Now I think this was year six. Since he has been in the NFL, he leads the entire NFL in total turnovers. Since and he's last been year. In the NFL. This last season. Right. But that is not talked about to the degree that, like, again, using that as an example, like the Dak thing. Like, if, if Josh Allen was, was in Dallas – he would be a much more polarizing figure. But because he's the Buffalo Bills quarterback and he plays for a largely irrelevant team, he doesn't get near the criticism I think that he deserves. I think he deserves much more criticism than he gets, and he only doesn't get it because he plays in a small market like Buffalo. Yeah. That's what that's what, that's what what irks me about Josh Allen. Josh Allen, again, he only gets celebrated for his, uh, his good things. <laughs> Yes, I'm jealous that he's beating Dak in that category, DK. Touche. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for tonight. Appreciate everyone being here. As always, had fun, even with Salty, who rallied and came back around at the end. Again, Tommy, hope everything goes well for you. Keep us updated on uh, on uh, how you're, you're, uh, you're doing out there. On I-70, hope things go well for you. And it sounded like at least, you know, not hurt or anything like that. So appreciate you. Hit that like button. And, of course, subscribe, rate, and review. And we will talk to you later on Aviation Sports Talk.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.